once again, everyone, welcome to an all-new episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. We're back together. We got Alex back. It feels like it's been like 64 years since we recorded an episode, but man, mm. it feels good to be back. How old are you? 65. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on. Uh, it's, it's good to hear that that familiar voice again. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, right on. It's 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 pretty cool. I, I got to get all my catchphrases out right away. Like right on. Right on. Like uh, the the thing is. Oh, and, that's a good one. Uh, what? Uh, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, is no. another one I say. <laughs> gonna get a, get a class. You know what I notice is that Pearl says "Yeah, no" all the freaking time. And I think that's where I got it from. Oh, it's her fault. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm blaming her. That's funny. It's good stuff. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I did. I missed the yeah no's. I missed the, uh, I missed all of it, man. I really did. And and two, your your videos came back too. We got a we got a few videos uh, coming in there. I mean, we'll get to the videos in a minute, but it was a brief hiatus. Now you're back, s- seemingly full force. I got a new job since we talked last. Uh, wow. What else happened? Let's see. I don't know. Did you did you get anything amputated or like anything big happen to you too? Or yeah, I'm one less finger. Well, uh, two less toes. Losing I weight. Don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, uh, no, nothing. Nothing much. It's just. Uh, yeah, I can't even. I can't even think. Not. It's just this past couple months have just really been kind of a dizzy blur to be honest with you so but i i'm i'm trying to like unplug make it a habit of of staying unplugged longer so i'm able to uh do what i like which is make these videos and play these games and tell people about them feels like i got kind of off track with that because i was so you know plugged into so many different things so I'm, I'm trying to refocus, I guess. I don't know. But uh, not, not, not to make it sound too important or anything like that. It's, it's all just, good. I think it's understandable. I, I wish I could do that more often. I'm very bad at unplugging, and uh, I, I need to take some tips for how to do it because the minute that my brain settles on like a thought like, oh, work is going to be weird tomorrow or just – like I, I get Invisalign tomorrow. I get like braces tomorrow. I'm sure tonight at mm. some point – I'll fall asleep original uh, like initially, and then I'll wake up and be like, "Oh man, I got teeth stuff tomorrow," uh, uh, and then I won't go to sleep. So I'll just look at my phone for four hours and scroll through Reddit, which is not healthy. So if I just no, could- that that's that's not especially if you're scrolling through the comments. No, but uh, exactly, yeah, I, you know, I I can identify with that a bit, except for me, it's more. Uh, I'm like a freaking dog that uh, you know wanders around and just randomly sees squirrels and raccoons everywhere. Because I'm like, oh, you know, I- I've been wanting to look at this furniture store and see what they have. Oh wait, actually, <laughs> you know what? We need drain plugs for the bathtub. Oh wait, that reminds me, I need to clean this out here. Oh wait, that reminds me, I need to do this. And then before I know it, I've, I've created like a list of five things I need to do. <laughs> And I'm stressing myself out, and none of it is important. None of it. It's all the most like inessential crap possible. It's not even fun, like getting your teeth straightened. It's 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 completely useless crap. So I mean, yeah. at least at least you're making to do lists in your time. That seems productive. yeah. I'm a big I'm a big list I'm a big list guy because otherwise I'll forget because I'll be distracted by the next thing. Right. But uh, we yeah, you know I was I got into a bad habit of playing video games too late because you know I. I love video games and I have to play after a certain hour. I got to let my, you know, got to get my kid get to sleep and spend time with my wife and then it's game time. And then 
I have a hard time being like, all right, I got to get up in the morning. It's time to shut her down. Got to stop playing the game. You know, next time we can save, you know, games save all the time now. But in my head, I'm like, we got to get to the next, you know, place that I want to save. Like, come on. They say I could, you know, the power could go out. It would pick back up where it stopped. But anyway, that's very that's very well said. I I identify with that big time where it's like I want to be able to remember where I left off. Exactly. And I I can't do that if the game decides that for me. (laughs) Exactly. But so I, I thought, you know what? Lately, I was like, you know, we got a new job this week, starting fresh, need to get to bed at a decent hour. Let's just watch like a movie or something, you know, something that has a hard stop. It's over. I go straight to bed. But now what happens is because I have this <laughs> sensational quest for knowledge. As soon as the movie's over, I open up Wikipedia, read all about it, read about every actor that was in it, everything that they did, <laughs> everything the production company did, everything, the everything. And then before you know it, it's three o'clock and I know like every you're like, ha- link from you're, the you're IMDb. halfway through a. Yeah, you're halfway through a video about it on Nest Friend. It's like, wait a second, this is a movie. This isn't a video <laughs> game. What the hell am I doing? Exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, enough about us. Fuck us. Let's get into some of these recent videos, man, because we, you know, we're Nest Friend. We're Nest Drunk. That's what we do. That's why we came together. So uh, um, I did a pair of shooters here recently that, and I'm not a big shoot 'em up guy. And, well, I'm, I'm not a big shoot 'em up guy as in like I'm bad at them. Like I like them. I'll play any of them because, you know, they're easy to pick up and play and die with i would say pick up and play but typically pick up and die. With. yeah I, i'm 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 fond of that phrase right. yeah because it's 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 what happens frequently when i play this stuff <laughs> yeah i think i got that that phrase from you in fact but uh i will say image fight and uh dragon spirit a pair of casual friendly shooters on the old nes there i think most most folks can pick them up and get a good 10 to 15 minutes in before you really hit that wall that makes you frustrated so that's not too bad all things considered for shoot 'em ups that's pretty good yeah um i i had never seen or heard of uh, image fight it's it's that's a hilarious title it's a terrible title. i don't know why but it, it it makes me think of like I, I'm I'm picturing like Trapper Keepers. I'm picturing Andre Agassi back in the late '80s <laughs> because he had the slogan for the the Rebel cameras that images everything, oh. and he had his fake hair that he would toss around, and he was wearing like a tux. But yeah, it's it, it just makes me think it it puts me in that headspace of. Uh, I guess tennis. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> maybe not what the game is going for. As but. only a space shooter can. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I guess the image fight is is made by Irem and they recycled the uh I guess they what they wanted to do was make it like a a, a vertical version of R type mm-hmm. because they're doing the pod system again. Only this time there's like red pods and blue pods and stuff like that. It seems interesting, but it also seems like way too derivative. It's very derivative. And in fact, I think later R-type titles, and I don't remember if I mentioned this in the video or not, but they reference the image fight ship a lot. So like they tried to eventually just absorb it into the same universe, almost like apologizing for image fight existing, being like, hey, sorry we made that, but (laughs) here's some cool stuff from it. So yeah, it's... uh it's very run-of-the-mill and a name like image fight it felt like they didn't even want people to like find it you know like they made it and they were a little bit ashamed of it they're like you know it's, it's good <laughs> enough to release but we're not proud of they're it. S- they're secretly embarrassed <laughs> like, it like their it. boss is like their boss is like it but they don't really think it's so they gave it a terrible title so nobody will actually play it and yeah but that but then there's dragon spirit which is an even older title yeah uh this this was namco i think right pretty sure yeah um and that's you 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 play as a dragon. What's not to love about that? What's not to love about that? Yeah. 
This one I've actually played before, and it's pretty good, I think. I'm not, I mean, pretty good by shoot 'em up standards sure. on the NES. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's got a lot going on. It's got some cool animations, varied environments, you know, everything you'd want out of a basic NES shoot 'em up. The arcade versions are apparently pretty decent, and even the, um, the third one, Dragon Saber, which I discovered just through doing this video and researching it, looks really cool. I'd be surprised if you hadn't hmm. seen or played that one, but, uh, like early on, there's this really cool boss battle with this like eyeball that's floating around the screen on like it, it's kind of like a a Venus flytrap with an eyeball for an appendage or something like that. It's fucking cool what? looking. What? Yeah. I need to play this game now. You've sold me. All you need to say eyeball Venus flytrap. <laughs> I like, don't even know how to explain. What? It. But it was pretty cool. Pretty cool game. So that's I think that's the last one they made in that little mini franchise there. But uh, I I think it it either stayed on arcade or at least it it never made it to. Um, North America as, outside of the arcade. So, hmm. cool stuff. Dragon Saber. Check it out. That's good stuff. Yeah. Dragon Saber ER. That's right. Uh, not not RE, like the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> um, I, I, I hope there's a way to, like, awkwardly retcon this whole all three of these games into the panzer dragoon series because that would be hilarious <laughs> hilarious and stupid and but still kind of weirdly awesome i agree um my videos this week were uh fighter's history which has a funny story about um a lawsuit uh that happened in the northern district of california capcom decided to pick this fighting game this one-on-one fighting game made by data east to uh to sue they they were like this is too much like street fighter 2 we know there's a million street fighter 2 clones but this one's way too similar and i i can't say i disagree with that assessment (laughs) because it's pretty spot on um yeah i know world a lot of people in the comments of the video are saying like world heroes was more of a ripoff and it's like yeah conceptually it's more of a ripoff but in execution fighters history is way too close at least world heroes in execution is like Kind of its own. It's got its own. It's it, they did something different with the lore. The magician guy is a completely different guy. The guy who de- has like the giant hands that squeeze you as an attack. Like that's something that's you know completely different. Well, I guess it's you can compare it to Dalsim. I'm thinking out loud now. But um, <laughs> anyway, Capcom lost that lawsuit uh, because you can't you know copyright martial arts moves. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Because <laughs> then nobody would ever be able to make any, you know, you can't copyright input, you know, game inputs and stuff like that. Um, and rightfully so. The, yeah. the, the the right call was made there. I mean, if you if that call had gone Capcom's way, then there there wouldn't be half of the indie games we'd see, we see now uh, that are, you know, derivative and play. Al- yeah. Yeah. Play alikes. I'll call them play alikes to stuff like, you know, uh illusion of gaia legend of zelda those top-down adventure stuff or the side-scrolling you know mario style stuff and all that but the game itself is completely forgettable uh it's it's whether whether or not it's not it's worth playing is up to you if you want to play as many street fighter ripoffs as possible and that goes to the arcade game too the arcade it is an arcade port uh but uh this and to be fair, the Super Nintendo version of an arcade port, it's pretty solid hmm. on that end. It's it's not like slow and shitty like like you see with uh some ports like Gun Force is the one that sticks out of my head. But yeah, Fighter's History, avoid, I would say. Uh but uh, Thursday's video is on a, a Sega Genesis a Mega Drive game that's uh, never reached the States, part of the Cotton series, Panorama Cotton. 
And that uh, is a rail shooter. And there can't be enough rail shooters in the world for me because I love rail shooters. They're so fun and um, so easy to you know pick up and play. Mm. Uh, destroy stuff. Uh, you play as Cotton, the Cotton character, uh, like a witch, anime witch gal <laughs> flies on a flies on a broom she has a little fairy friend that helps her out and stuff like that um that game is super fun super weird really incredibly impressive genesis game if i had in fact visually if i had to pick one game as like can you freaking believe this is uh on the genesis it would be that game it's it's one of the most visually impressive mega drive genesis games out there it's up there with stuff like virtual racing and you know just just for the sheer and, and like sonic 3 sonic and knuckles like those games are just so colorful and huge and and flaw seamlessly fast like it's gotta be that blast processing man it's gotta be yeah but yeah that's 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 what i had this week yeah i'm looking at uh, a clip of uh, panorama cotton right now and yeah just the amount of things on screen at any one time and all of them are moving and not stuttering and it's fast it's crazy i'm actually i think i might pass out that's so much stuff on the screen yeah it, it it's it's pretty crazy and it's actually part of the reason i picked to uh, to do a video on that game is because that uh the cotton series is uh most of it anyway is gonna get the saturn game mm. um the genesis game and the super famicom game are all getting re-released as part of some 30th anniversary package thing so uh not sure what uh, platforms it'll be on but i thought that was cool and it's like good more people get to play this then because this game is freaking awesome it is i mean and not something i would have ever even heard about if you hadn't mentioned it so good mm. on you well i mean unless the anniversary caught my ear but it never does i never pay attention to the anniversary stuff but somehow we landed our 64th episode somewhere around the neighborhood of the 25th anniversary of the N64. And so later on in the show, we're going to go down a list of N64 games we like uh, and read off some uh, N64 memories from folks we like. So we're going to really N64 it up here later. I don't like any of those folks. What the hell are you talking about? Don't well, speak for... No, I'm just kidding. You gotta, you gotta say it out loud. Kidding. You know this is being recorded. You know? Come kidding. on, come on. I'm fucking kidding. burger champ. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got some emails, and boy, do we have some emails. So let's crank through a few of those. Uh, first one here was titled Final Bosses. It says, Hi, drunk friends. I've always been more about the journey than the destination. Actually, I need to pause Panorama Cotton. It's in my peripheral, and it's just going full bore. And I'm, I'm about to get epilepsy. Right? <laughs> You're going to want to X out that window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to close that out. That was really getting to me. Um, okay, what was that? Okay, so uh, I've always been more about the journey than the destination. That being said, I do think a good final boss is important in a video game because it can really tie the whole experience together. Recently, I played Hollow Knight, and I definitely struggled with a few of the bosses. When I first reached the final boss, the Radiance, it destroyed me almost almost immediately. However, I gave it a second try, and I must have entered some kind of zen-like trance because I was able to beat it without taking a single hit. It felt like such an epic showdown and the perfect culmination of a fantastic game. Definitely an experience I won't soon forget. Do you have any similar experiences of crazy comebacks or final bosses that really stood out to you? Stay drunk, Mike. Good email, Mike. And I like hearing that. I like hearing a good finale there. Congrats on the Hollow Knight victory there, um, Alex. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome to to beat that boss fight without getting hit. That's that's pretty. That's pretty freaking cool. I can't get past like the third enemy in that game. So for someone to make it past <laughs> the final boss is impressive. You're you're basically you're, you're president to me. 
Congratulations, your president. <laughs> so, oh, am, am I going first here? You can if you'd like. I have a couple, uh, so if you, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, any of these email questions, my brain always wants to stubbornly go to sports games just because it's funny. <laughs> um, it is legitimately tough to beat Toronto in the World Series. If you if you go through a season as a National League team, in my first playthrough. Um, I play, I went as, uh, or I played as, uh, the Houston Astros cause my guy, Jeff Bagwell. Now is this King Griffey Jr. Major League Baseball? Is it, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even say the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, Griffey Baseball, of course. Okay. Yeah. That, that Toronto lineup is freaking stacked. You got Ricky Henderson, Roberto Alomar, Joe Carter, uh, Kelly Gruber. It's just one all-star after another. All these guys can hit the cover off the ball. So it was every pitch was like white knuckle in it. You know, I'm like 12 playing this game, like just trying to survive. I'm just scrat and they're pitchers. They have Dave Stewart, Jack Morris. Like I'm just like barely getting, you know, scratching two, three runs across barely winning games three to two two to one it was it was stressful now that i think of it i remember the first time i beat the first john madden football for super nintendo it was uh i was ready to rage quit because i threw a horrible interception that inexplicably got taken back for against washington i think i think i was playing as buffalo um and uh it got taken back for a touchdown for them to take the lead and I think they, they were leading like 20 to 17 or uh, yeah, it had to have been a less than a three point game because I was able to I was ready to turn the game off at that point. I remember being so <laughs> bad that I was ready to rage quit. I man, it was like, OK, well, I'll, I'll run a quick screen. I'll, I'll do this. So there's like 50 seconds left. I'll see if I can get down and maybe I'll get a field goal or something. Sure enough, I get to the, like the 35 I kick a, I kick a field goal and it's <laughs> my heart was like in my throat for this and it it was good and I ended nice. up winning so which was which was cool yeah that's awesome yeah it's it's crazy how like <laughs> sports games have really now that I think of it anyway sports games have really uh been uh, a huge part of my gaming experience now that, now that I think of it yeah I mean when you think about like epic showdowns and like the the need for victory. I mean, sports games are a pretty natural fit for an answer to this question. And I played so much NCAA football. I remember saving like clips or whatever of, of epic finales where I did some crazy thing at the end, like an onside kick or something that turned out in my favor that just like this one in a million shot that you'd never see that I actually pulled off because I played it so much. But I can't think of any one of them. I it just I played so many sports games that the, the epic yeah. finales were... Yeah. so common that I just I, they all kind of run together but outside of sports I remember and this isn't even that long ago but a buddy of mine uh, we co-opt Double Dragon 2 on the NES and that's a tough game oh yeah all those Double Dragon yeah. games are, are fucking tough um, and we, we did we eventually beat all three but the the time that we beat the second one was a momentous experience that is just hard coded into my head because we had practiced it all day. We practiced it. We're grown, man. He showed up early, brought his own lunch so we could practice, so we could beat this fucking... We were dedicated. <laughs> what was his lunch? Yeah, we brought like a sandwich. He's lactose intolerant, didn't have any cheese on it. So I was like, ah, so that looks like a stupid sandwich. I'm probably going to have a sandwich with cheese on it. You can have yours without cheese. And then I think we, we guzzled some Bud Light. I mean, we took off work for this. This is a serious business. 
We played all. We started at like eight a.m. He came over early. We we played all day long. Just and we this wasn't the first time we had played it. I think we played it one evening and we were like, oh, we're going to have to devote a day to this. Are you free next Tuesday? So he comes over and we do that. And around like eight o'clock, we invite another guy over because it's just like, hey, you want to come over? Because you know my buddy and I we've been playing this game all day. You can come over. Maybe you can break it up a little bit. We could play something else. Well, he comes over and we're just we're in in the zone. We're in the fucking zone. Yeah. We've made it to the end. A bunch. We keep losing. And the second one, you just have to do constant knee kicks all the time. And it's also a hard input. It's like a three-button input. I can't remember it, even though I did it maybe two million times that day. But it's kind of tricky. You have to hit like A and B at the right time with with up or something. I can't remember. But that's the only way you could, you could <laughs> at least we could, uh, fend off all of these guys that were coming at us was just constantly spamming this one very hard input. And we made it all the way to the end. And so... We kept getting railroaded on the final boss, just like walk in there and just get slammed to the point that we were like, we need to go watch somebody beat it just to figure out like what we're doing yeah. wrong because it was taking so long to get there and we were dying. Is like, yeah, no, it does help to see that. Yeah, yeah. So we wa- we'd made the mistake of watching a speed run because we were like, I wonder what these pros are up to, and we were like, oh, we're not that good. Let's watch somebody that's like, but you know how hard it is to find like a regular guy beating a game, just a <laughs> regular ass play. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard. Everybody's like got full health and shit. Like, no, I need to see what how you beat it when you have like no health. <laughs> you know. So anyway, we uh, we finally do it, but my guy like in the last sequence he goes he goes down. And and I get off like one one last knee, and the way the game ends is it freeze frames and goes black and white when you pull it off. And uh, so it, it did that, and my my little knee, my little guy with his knee was sticking up, and the guy that I hit his head was falling back. And I remember we both stood up and started hugging each other and jumping up and down and squealing, <laughs> and uh, without thinking like there was anybody else in the room, and, and the other guy that had shown up to hang out with us was just like staring at us like. What the hell did I walk into? Like, dude, you wouldn't understand. We've been at this for 12 hours. Okay, we packed a lunch. You do not judge us. I think we got so drunk after that in celebration, I told him when I wasn't supposed to that my that I was going to be uh, a dad. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. My wife was like, you told him? I'm like, listen, you don't know what day we had, man. We got hammered, and then we beat that game. He deserved to know. He's basically the he's like our kid's godfather now. <laughs> He's in the family. This was incredible. You don't understand. It's this is drag. This is double dragon. This is life. Yeah, we forged a bond as brothers that night. Um, yeah, but I have another a blood oath. Yeah, I have another funny story about like the, a game's finale. Um, this was many. This is actually on N sixty four. It's relevant to today's topic. Uh, me and a friend, two friends, rented. Army Men Air Attack on the N64. We were just probably middle school. I can't that game, I, I had fond memories of the uh, the uh, those games. Yeah, yeah. And Air Attack. The, the, that's the army. That's the uh, the plastic army guy games, right? Correct. Yep. Yep. And yes. okay. and the I, we couldn't get into the ones where you were like where it was almost like Call of Duty, like third person Call of Duty. I don't even think they looked good then. They're they're all, they're hard to play now, but the ones where you're in the plane, so the air attack games, much easier on the eyes, easier to control. So we we rented it, and within the course of the night, you know, we we made it to the end. But um, there was two of us that were really playing it, and the other guy, he was off like on the computer. I think he's playing like Lemmings or something. He wasn't really into it. He's just like, oh, that game, that game you guys rented because we got, I think we got some movies for later. He was kind of biding his time. And we got to the end, and we couldn't we couldn't figure out how to to beat the final boss. Me and this other dude, and we're like, God damn it, man! We tried everything, and so our buddy, this guy, this guy's Chad. It's a regular Chad move. Chad comes over, and goes, "Well, let me try it," and he picks the plane that neither of us would have picked. It's the big slow plane. Every time we pick that plane, the enemies would swarm us, get us killed. 
he picks that plane. I remember we were like, oh, d- dumb move. You're not going to be, you're not going <laughs> to win with that choice. That plane sucks. And he, he fucking beat it because that plane is like the, has the most armor and has the strongest attack. And we didn't pay attention to that. And I remember us be, just being like, you know what? Fuck that guy. Like, was like, <laughs> we, we made it all the way through <laughs> the game. That doesn't count. And he, he beat it like the last five minutes of it. We still talk about that too. We're still good friends. Yeah. And we're like, Chad's going to fucking army men attack us on this. You better go ahead and <laughs> make your move. So There are three more that come to mind for me. Uh, I'll be quick. No, uh, one, is, one is Contra 3 uh, beating that for the first time. And that boss, like you don't know what to expect with that final boss. Because it's a lottery, or it's a, it's random. It's like this: the eyeballs that like s- spin in circles, and you shoot one, and then it picks a form based on which eyeball you shot. Oh wow! And yeah, and it's really stressful because you beat certain forms, and it goes back to the circle of eyes, and then it's like, is this it? Is this is is this the one? Is this the last one? Am I am I am I almost done? Like, there's no health meter. Mm. That's always really stressful for me. If there's no health meter on a final boss, uh, that's that's bad. That's a lot of anxiety. Right there. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then there's two others uh, that both got caught on stream, not not on stream, but on LP from way back in the day, back when I was posting ten minute at a time videos on YouTube because that was All the right. maximum time they could allow me. Uh, one was, uh, Axelay. Um, I accidentally, this is when I had a Retron 5 and I accidentally kicked the freaking HDMI cable out because my, the way my setup was, was dangling across like four (laughs) different tables. And I, I, I I, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to like refocus for this. And I, I, I kicked my foot out from underneath me and accidentally unplugged the TV from the console. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no. And you can hear me freak out on on (laughs) Mike. It's pretty funny. Um, And then another one is when I totally choked, which was uh, when I was playing Final Fight for the millionth time. Uh, a game I've beaten a bunch of times, the the Super Nintendo port, mm-hmm. and I totally choked. I I was Hagar, and I I had uh, the final boss down to like a sliver of health, and I still managed to die. It was absolute Vikings esque choke. <laughs> if I've ever, you know, I was happy to to pay them tribute. I by, uh, uh, choking so badly. I gotta ask though, what's what's your strat for uh, the guy with the sword in in the wrestling ring? I I have a hard time getting past that guy. You just. You just have to take your lumps. Um, you you got to stay either directly on top of him or directly below him. Mm. Grab him and then and then approach him. Grab him and then knee three times or headbutt three times. Gotcha. Uh, depending on if you're Hagar or um, Cody, I forget what guy does if for his grab move, but uh, I think he does knees too. But um, yeah, you you just you're gonna lose at least like one or two lives against that guy without. It, that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, he's always been a run-ender for me. I think I've only gotten past him once, yeah. and then, yeah. All right, good to know. Well, we got another email here, this one from Alex. Not the one on the show, a different guy, although my fiance's name is also Alex, and one of the guys in our upcoming wedding is also Alex. Wow, what is this, an that's, Alex orgy? What's going on with all these Alex? Yeah, that's, ins- that's pretty insane. Okay, so he says, hey guys, love the show. A lot of recent questions have been about your perception of games when you were a kid, and it got me thinking about when I wrote into Nintendo Power with a blurry Polaroid photo of my TV with what I thought was a great time for Super Punch-Out. Nowadays, that game is solved, and people are posting quote-unquote perfect times, and it feels... Like, it's way harder to get good at a game that people care about. 
Every year for a charity stream, I do my version of a speedrun of Earthbound. I'm nowhere near world record pace at all, but I'm generally happy if I can finish it in about six or seven hours. That's crazy. That's about twice the world record, and if I submitted it to speedrun.com, I'd be in dead last at 42nd place. Are there any games where you either think you could make a run at a record now or where you thought when you were a kid, only to learn otherwise when the internet came around and disavowed you of that notion? Thanks, Alex. Yeah, six or seven you, hours of Earthbound. Got? That's uh, that's pretty That's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Quick, pretty quick yeah. to me. Uh I remember, I'm not much of a speedrun guy at all because I, I'm very slow with my games because I'm not good at them and I have to take my time. But uh, I remember when I was a kid, I got really good at Super Mario Land on the Game Boy and I would play it just to beat it as fast as I could. And I remember I had a buddy and I would call him and we would race over the phone. We would like hold the phone huh. up to the speaker and hear each other's Game Boy go pling. And that was like the start. And then we would play kind of commentating to each other what we were doing and then beat it. There's no way to prove it. I don't think we lied to each other. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think. But, I mean, it was pretty fun. We would call people, hey, want to race with Mario real quick? I'm like, yeah, sure, because it takes like 10 minutes to beat that game. Um, so I remember doing that. I don't think I'm good enough at any other game to even consider it at all. That's pretty ingenious to use the phone like that. You're thinking 4D chess right there. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, there's nothing that I'm good enough. Maybe super, super Ghouls and Ghosts, I might be able to crack like the top 100. Really? That's a tough game. Just because I've I've put a million gazillion hours into that game. But other than that, uh, you know, the only other game that comes to mind is Mega Man X. And I know people, Mega Man fanatics are not to be trifled with. And right. Their yeah. times for speedruns and stuff like that are pure insanity so I, I i wouldn't even be able to sniff the top thousand i'm sure um but uh super ghouls and ghosts i think i could i could scratch a good time but other than that nah well, nah hey man there he got a charity stream you could you could pull it out the but he makes a good point though the uh you know the if it's a game people care about your chances of landing one are, are pretty nil which is a, a point that pete door made he was like just pick a weird game and beat it fast, and then boom, you're in the top ten. <laughs> He's like, I did it with Lassie Damn. and all these other games, you know. So uh, Pete Dore had the right idea, man. Just just pick a random yeah. game no one's ever heard of and go for it. Get ranked. For sure. All right. Uh, next one here is, is titled Reality Gaming. Hey, guys. Gretchen again with an actual question. You had stuttering Craig on the podcast recently and talked about his time with Slam Ball. I saw a slight parallel with the podcast I'm on sometimes, which is hosted by someone who was on a season of Road Rules. So, if you could have been on a reality TV show in the past, what would it have been? And is Flava Flav there? Sincerely, GZW. And then they go on to say, if you're cool with some self-promotion, it's called Talking to Women About Video Games and is somehow very silly and very smart at the same time. So there's a plug for Gretchen's podcast. Uh, man, reality TV show... From the past, I mean, Road Rules would have been like on the tip of my tongue, but now I feel like I'm borrowing it from the email, so I don't want to say it, but I like the idea of riding around with uh, a bunch of creeps and <laughs> having trifles. <laughs> it seems fun, right? Yeah. I, I'd have to go real world. Mm. Uh, the season, the San Francisco season of real world, which I think was season four, was immensely entertaining to me because, especially because it had a puck who was like this bike messenger and he's really kind of a scumbag and kind of an asshole. Um, 
and which makes for a terrible roommate uh and he uh he's this guy pedro uh bought this <laughs> i'll never forget the visual it was brilliant directing by whoever directed this episode but it was it kept going okay so he bought like this brand new thing of peanut butter skippy peanut butter and Puck decided to like open this, peel the the thing off, stick his finger in it, <laughs> and then lick his finger clean, and then put it back Whoa, the way no, it is. No, and yeah, and and Pedro, <laughs> there, there's like this camera shot of the peanut butter, and then Pedro, and then the peanut butter, and then Puck. <laughs> it, was, it was like the dumbest thing ever, but it was so freaking funny. Ah, uh, that's funny. Um, anybody that was li- that was watching Real World back then knows what I'm talking about. It was like play it up as like the whole episode revolved around this it was hysterically funny um because pedro was so freaking mad and puck did not care (laughs) it was it was perfect that like if you're gonna do reality tv it's got to be like that but that that season also had judd who i could not stand he was whiny and entitled and a douche i forget who else was on it like the rachel the politician gal uh I forget who else was on that show, but that would be my pick just to hang out with Puck. All right, yeah, we could go. We could go mess up with some peanut butter. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't watched a lot of reality TV to be quite honest, but I mean, I did watch, you know, Road Rules and um, the one you were just talking about um, when because MTV <laughs> played them constantly and oh yeah, constantly, constantly, real world, yeah. Uh, and who wasn't glued to MTV uh, in our generation? But I there was a guy that lived down literally down the I would I would say street but I lived in the country so they were roads. He lived down the road for me. So he was about he lived about 5 miles away. Big Tom and he went on Survivor and I think he was like a finalist and he his 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 fame has lived on. He has uh Big Tom has been on I think several reunion shows and that kind of thing. And I always thought it was crazy. I'm like that guy just lives down the road for me. And he's a crazy guy too. He was like I don't know how it, the rumor is that he got on Survivor because he took a video, a home video of himself running around because he had a giant beef cattle farm, just well, like a farm in general, just running around chasing goats naked. Th- that's the rumor is that he submitted that and they were like, we got to get this guy on because he's crazy. <laughs> but I wouldn't doubt it just based on who he was. But uh, that's like the only reality show I got really invested in because he was a local hero. I'm like the guy down the street, excuse me, the guy down the road might become a millionaire uh, from drinking goat's blood over, you know, whatever this show is. Um but I, I would I would have liked to have tried it, but I don't think I have the uh, I don't think I have the personality to to backstab all those people all the time. I'm too yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, and I don't really want to drink that much goat's blood. To be honest with you, it's not. Yeah, I think I'm averse, but uh, I don't. I really don't know. Aside from just maybe the Bachelor, but I would just be not the Bachelor, but just like a guy somewhere in the background that they sh- they show to compare the bachelor to to make the bachelor look more handsome that's me i'd be that guy (laughs) you'd be a bachelor fodder yeah bachelor fodder they'd be like well he looks better than well that guy so he's a he's a real catch (laughs) right on all right uh thank you gretchen for that uh was there ever reality let's see are there reality tv video games was there ever a survivor video game i'm sure there was there, there is no way that I think there was. I remember there was an amazing race game on the Wii. Mm. Hi, everybody. This is Steve from the Polykill Podcast. Are you ever sitting up late at night wondering how your life got to this point? 
How you ever manage to amass so many great games, but finish so few of them? Us too. So join me and Trav as we talk about what we're playing, what we're beating, and what our community managed to beat as well. Check us out wherever you find podcasts or at polymedianetwork.com. And don't forget to hashtag just beat it. Okay, so uh, let's jump into some N64 goodness because, well, Alex, I know you you did a you, you had a tweet. Um, gosh, it was a few months ago at this point, and uh, I mean the N64 fanboys were hit hard in the loins, not not in a good way, by your tweet. You you said that uh, the N64 was was flat awful, it was bad. The Sega CD was king. Um, you said a bunch. I didn't of, say it like that. Oh, what was it? It was uh, you said the N- you said something like N- people that like the N sixty four are garbage. I can't remember what was the tweet. The <laughs> the N sixty four should have never existed. Yeah, there I you need, go. I need to look it up. But anyway, I know you were probably just because you like to have fun on Twitter. But what was your experience, your personal experience with N sixty four? Did you have one or did you skip over that one? How'd it go for you? Well, I remember uh, when it came out, I. This was back in the day when you could rent consoles from mm. places like Blockbuster and Hollywood Video and and Video Update and stuff like that. So uh, this would have been, yeah, school would have started and, and this was, would have been 98, wait, 96, right? What, when year did it come out? 96. 96? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Get even numbers mixed up. <laughs> um, they... I think it was the blockbuster in West St. Paul that had it ready. And the only game that was there was, was Mario. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And I just remember running around with Mario, uh, not even bothering with the game for like an hour, hour and a half, just like jumping in the waterfall and just swimming and, and just fucking around climbing trees, you know, (laughs) practicing all the jumps and stuff like that. And was just like blown away. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe that this is the, I can just like do this in the game for as long as I want. That's, that was amazing to me. Um, Once I got started with the game, uh, things got a little problematic because that's when the camera got a little, it's like, it it got kind of problematic. And the diagonal, platforming got mm. a little problematic especially in the de- once you get to the desert level early on um that one is is no, is not fun for me i don't like any kind of like isometric or angled platforming it's 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 always a pain in the ass for me mm-hmm. but yeah that that was where it started for me i i ended up getting an n64 console in fact i ended up getting several because they kept dying on me really um yeah they, just no power uh wow power supply kept dying no power to them so it's crazy i I, yeah i thought those things were pretty robust that's that's weird i've gone through i've had three die on me so and i ain't getting another one so (laughs) maybe you're just bad luck gosh (laughs) for that generation or that uh particular console i would imagine so but yeah it's uh i remember renting uh rush 2 which i made you play a couple weeks ago (laughs) Um, this would have been like early 2000s, so like the, nobody really cared about N64 anymore. But you could still rent stuff. So I would, you know, we would just like screw around and just go rent games and stuff. Uh, Rush Two was when uh, me and two friends of mine would just play the stunt course and just like <laughs> laugh at all the ridiculous explosions and the terrible physics and <laughs> the terrible physics. All that, yes, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was uh, that was fun, but. Um, yeah, other than that, oh, I remember uh, really getting into WrestleMania 2000. 
Um, I know there are objectively better wrestling games like uh, Revenge and No Mercy and stuff like that, but I really got into WrestleMania 2000 because that was when I was like peak wrestling fan. This would have been like, yeah, 99, 2000, I think is when that game came out, obviously. But uh, yeah, that that was a really fun one because that was like Jericho was in that game and you know the rock triple h austin like all the all the classic dudes so yeah, yeah. cool cool yeah I, I i think my experience was pretty similar i i didn't i didn't own one for a long time i ended up just mooching off my pals but the first kid that i knew that had one was uh the local pastor's son and i was like oh that dude's got n64 and i remember being like hey man ever tell you how much i love jesus what are you doing this weekend like you you chilling? Like, what's going on? Just trying to like, <laughs> you, you guys going out of town? Or now, can I come over just to hang out? Maybe learn a little bit about the Lord and play some N sixty four. And uh, I remember playing that and being like, "All right, they're religious folk. They're not just going to like kick me out of this house. I'm staying here forever. Like, I did not want to leave. And I, I was probably being like a rude like twelve year old kid, but I was like, "Oh, did my mom call? Oh, sorry about that. I didn't know. I was supposed to be home four hours ago. Sorry about that. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll head. Out. I'll get on out of here then." But I, I milked it, man, because Mario was it was the only game that we had or that he had. I say wait, like I owned it, but I probably played it more than him for that that day. But uh, dude, just same as you, blown away, just running around the castle, jumping in the water, just playing with the camera, just so much fun, and just being blown away, like holy shit, we did it! Like games are p- perfect now. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> um, blew my mind away. And then uh, I ended up getting a PlayStation. I don't know. What, who made that decision, if it was me or whatever, but I had a PlayStation, but my my other buddy, not the pastor's son, he had an N64, and we were at each other's houses, like, all the time. Like, the minute we hit, minute we were teenagers, we were pretty much inseparable, so it was like I had one. We we traded, like, every other weekend our consoles, and um, it was great. So, I got a fair amount of exposure to the N64, and we played. And the N64 is one of those weird libraries where people especially love the games that they played. There's there's low objectivity with the N64 library. People really defend some of the worst games, and I think that that's funny because a lot of them are still weren't, weren't good then and aren't great now, but people really love them because they know them inside and out, and sometimes that does make a game better. If you know it and it, you kind of have some ownership of it, 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 you love it. So I just think the N64 is weird. So when we get later into this episode where we're listing off our top sevens uh, that aren't Nintendo and Rare... Most of mine are not anyone else's favorites. They're just like, oh, I love this game because I love this game. It's same. It says a lot about me. So anyway, uh, those were our memorable N64, like early N64 impressions and moments. So today, uh, somebody in in the Polykill Discord posed the question uh, about the N64, and then I just stole all of their answers to create content for our podcast because I'm smart. So... Uh, someone asked, like, what are some of your memories with N64? And I'll, I'll go here with the first one. Our friend Dylan Charles has the best one, I, I think. So we're, we're hitting it off pretty heavy out of the gate. He says, I got an N64 for Christmas, but I also got food poisoning as well. So most of the morning, I was puking in the guest room, guest bedroom downstairs, trying to avoid the persistent, relentless smell of fresh baked bread permeated through the entire house. So uh, poor fella <laughs> couldn't stomach the smell of bread. <laughs> Really wanted to play as N sixty four, but uh, couldn't couldn't stop gagging. So poor poor guy. That's that's rough. Uh, that that's a rough go of it. 
then we have Jeffrey, who said that uh, my brother had one, but I thought the games were all awful until my <laughs> friend let me borrow Ocarina of Time. It was so much fun. I even printed out a list of all the Skulltulas I had missed so I could 100% it. And I, I'm with you. I'm with Je- I'm on Team Jeffrey here. Uh, I, I I didn't think I wasn't all that impressed with the games that came after Mario 64. That it really seemed like kind of the exception to the rule. And and I'll just skip ahead to LHC Greg's uh, comment here where he says his memory is that uh, just running, jumping, and diving in 3D space in Mario 64 was a blast. And yeah, that was kind of it for me. <laughs> that was it. Like, it didn't get much better. I will say, of course, there were like moments like GoldenEye. Like, of course, multiplayer GoldenEye was, mm-hmm. was super cool. Uh, Perfect Dark when that came that seemed like a a big deal and um, I like the concept behind Majora's Mask and you know Ocarina of Time has has its moments and all that sort of stuff but yeah I I I, I was uh, kind of underwhelmed by the games yeah I mean it's it's I I don't I don't want this I don't want this to become like a hating episode though we're supposed to be celebrating the N64 (laughs) well sure I mean but it's obviously light on RPGs which is a thing that a lot of people really wanted more of because the super nintendo was so plentiful with them so it, yeah. it, it makes sense to to have some disappointment but uh man the racing games and the wrestling games that's where it was josh leslie yeah. said uh i've always been a playstation fan but then 64 is one of the few bonding experiences i had with my father i don't know why i said it like that many donkey kong 64 sessions and super mario 64 controller swapping i played a ton of the thq wrestling games with my cousin and would wrestle shittily in his backyard after the fact good times also uh, he remembers mercilessly destroying his brothers in Smash Bros, being a great time. So uh, there you go. A lot of a lot of beating up on the family there from old Josh, but he enjoyed it. Yeah. Which is good. Any anytime you can work the word the the adverb shittily into, <laughs> into an, an anecdote, I think that's a keeper. Then our friend Burger Champ says that uh, I just remember playing so much Pilot Wings and Blast Corps. Uh, my brother and I also played so much Perfect Dark versus with bots challenge mode. The two player co yeah the two player co op was really cool. Uh, versus campaigns, so much to do in that game. Yeah, I I missed the uh, the Golden Eye wave like the craze. Like I, my friend who had the N sixty four, his parents didn't buy it for him, so I didn't get to play it. So uh, yeah, I missed out on that. But I, it seems like most of the people that I talked to that really loved N sixty four or owned it from the beginning, that's like all they remember. That's all they played, all they talk about. Yeah. I, I hate I missed out on something that uh, big in gaming because you can't re- really replicate like that. You know. Well, it was. I think a big part of it was that it was so unexpected. It was you didn't see licensed games that were that good. Right. I should say that you didn't see licensed games that like tried that like that like this was a the really kind of the first of its kind not just as a console first person shooter but as a a licensed game where the people making it actually tried to make something different and something good the four player (laughs) multiplayer with that game was unbelievable it was like i can't believe it it's crazy it's like yeah you look at it now and it's it's bleary as hell you get a (laughs) tiny corner of the screen it looks ridiculous but it was amazing at the time yeah for sure i I had a buddy that wanted to because he came over and he sees the game collection and he's like oh you got goldeneye i'm like yeah of course i have fucking goldeneye like that that's (laughs) that's the thing that happens a lot people come over like hey man you got like super mario brothers on nes like no that's the one i don't have actually it's weird i (laughs) 
<laughs> I had that happen once when uh, uh, it was right after I moved to Albuquerque and um, it was, uh, yeah, I had this guy, he had to come and fix something in this apartment I just moved into and I had just, of course, you know, just moving into a new place. First thing you set up isn't, it's not furniture, it's not anything important, it's your games, it's your game display. So I, I, I had that done, but nothing else done. He, he immediately sees the games and he's like, whoa, man, that's, that's a lot of Super Nintendo games, a lot of boxes and stuff. Do you have Mario All-Stars? Do you have Mario Kart? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what do you think? <laughs> Based on the sheer volume of games here, yeah, I've, I've, I've got Mario Kart and Mario All-Stars. Yeah. I've got them both. <laughs> but that one fighting game, you know, it's 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 got like those those guys like Ken and the electrocution guy. Do you have that one? Yes, I, I, I do have Street Fighter 2. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah. man. I think if- that, that guy was like so excited, though. Like he wanted he's like, man, if I wasn't working right now, I'd totally be down with like, you know, playing some of these games and stuff. I'd be like, yeah, man, me too. But I would need you to. I think the sink was leaking or something. You just fucking fix the sink huh? <laughs> you, you know who else is a good plumber you are you should you ah. should get on it no that's that's funny I, I that gives me a good idea though if i ever get really close to completing a collection i'm gonna sell the most common one right before i get the most expensive one and then <laughs> damn it i knew i forgot something <laughs> um but yeah more to that story though guy comes over he wants to play goldeneye with me and i'm like dude i never i never played it. i'm gonna be garbage at it he's like no no it'll be fine it'll be fun and then he gets he starts changing like all these settings because he's he played the it's like only game he owned i guess for five years and it expects me expects to have fun with me playing it i'm like dude you're going to i don't know the map i don't know anything about the weapons i don't know anything he just has no fun. no no. he he wants yeah he wants you to be impressed with how good he is yeah that's that's, that's how the game is played and here. i was i was like are you a savant at this oh my god but yeah it was it wasn't fun for anyone that day and he learned a lesson <laughs> uh okay so um yeah top top seven games so we put some parameters around it because it's real easy to think of a top seven in 64 list if you think if you include nintendo and rare it would just be a list like everybody others list everybody else's list and that's boring we like weird lists around here, which is why we pick numbers like 13 and, and in this case, 7. So we picked 7 in 64 games. A top 7, and the only thing is like top 7 games you just kind of like. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, these these are games I remember enjoying. Yep, exactly. So I'm gonna, I'm just fucking going to jump in. We talked about licensed games. Not many of them are good. Goldeneye was an exception. Another game that I think most people, well, I won't say most people, but is like critically not great but i still had fun with was mission impossible and again a lot of it ties oh, you've talked about this one before yes. yeah yeah and a lot of it ties to just uh playing it with a buddy we, we played it together and there was one mission that we would play over and over again because it we felt so badass to complete it i can't remember all the details of the mission but you you have to go do a face swap thing and then like inject somebody in a bathroom and hide their body and then go do like it felt like so badass it was so covert and we would just try to like time ourselves see how good we could get it or see like we could push the bounds and not get caught i don't know that we ever actually finished the game i think we got to like that mission and we we're like this forever this mission right here is all we need and we played that a lot so mission impossible that was that was like me with the the missile silo mission in goldeneye um where you can you put plastic explosives on these missiles in the missile silo while collecting all this crap shooting all these guards and there's a timer counting down and it, and if you time it just right, uh, you can back into the elevator shaft 
as everything is exploding and it's the most it, it was like the coolest looking thing ever <laughs> you felt you felt like the biggest badass ever that's awesome so, yeah I, I, I can relate to that yeah yeah and i think i mean th- there's a there's an angry video game nerd about this game so i mean it's it's not on mission impossible really yeah it's not a well-loved entry but hmm. there's some missions in there that are pretty fun not gonna lie i'll be damned i'll we'll be damned I didn't think, are we doing like a, a countdown? Is that your number seven? Or are we just like, just like, here's a game I like, here's a game I like, here's a game I like. Just, yeah, kind of the latter, just a here's a game I like. Well, a game I liked is Excite Bike 64. Oh. Um, but I think the more I think about it, the more I just wanted to like it and just wanted it to be good because I loved X- NES Excite Bike so much because I love the. Uh, creating your own track and then making your friend try and play it and pissing him off because your track sucks but yeah the uh n64 version was i remember it being completely out of nowhere i was not expecting like whoa excite bike it didn't get a super nintendo right i think it got a teleview thing or at least the nes game got like some sort of teleview thing but uh for it to show up on n64 was really unexpected and really damn good it was Solid race, like you said, racing games, N sixty four, right at home. Yeah, they did all right with those. I, yeah, I, I thought I would have thought that Excite Bike sixty four would have been developed by Nintendo, but I just now realized it wasn't. I haven't put any time into this one, so it's going to be on the no, short. No, it was a bla- it was a black box game uh, on NES, but huh, yeah, it was um, yeah, Left Field Productions. I'd, it was published by Nintendo, so I might be cheating. Ah, who cares uh, on that? But uh, I really thought it would yeah. have been developed. But that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a good point too because the NES Excite Bike was so rudimentary; like it didn't really need a sequel. It had no personality. It was just bikes and angles. So for it to have an, an N sixty four release was definitely out of left field, you could say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man! Uh, oh man! Pretty good, pretty good comedian over here. All right, my th- another game that I like, Extreme G Racing. I think I've I've talked about this one before. It is a I don't know what these things are. They're like they're bikes, kind of. They're uh, <laughs> oh, I know this game. Yeah, Extreme G. I I re- I remember wanting to play this. Um. Uh, but I never. I don't think I've ever actually played it though. Yeah, they are kind of bikes, but they're like gravity bikes i guess which makes sense with the extreme g i never really put that together good on you but it's uh it's good i mean it's it's fast there's a lot of loop-de-loops and stuff and uh good feeling of speed good controls uh i've not played i know there's an extreme g2 on the n64 i've not played that one and there's a three on the gamecube i think not played that one either so there was a mini franchise out of it but the first one's good enough for me man it's it's pretty fun game i like it a lot is there anything weird about the tracks or anything like that or is it pretty straightforward racing uh, I would say there's a lot, I mean, like, again, there's a lot of, like, loop-de-loops, and, uh, oh, okay. there's some, uh, like, power-ups you can get, I think, that do different things, um, there's some... Okay, so it's got, it's got your standard power-up structure stuff. Yeah. I'm just watching, I'm catching up on, uh, footage of this. Sorry, I know that's not great for podcasts. No, it's all good. It has but, some uh, environmental <laughs> stuff, too, so I think you have to, like, dodge sure. stuff backing into the road and that kind of thing. It's, it's in a live racing environment, which I think is nice. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Another one for me would probably be Blast Core. I uh, mentioned it earlier. That was oh shit, that was developed by Rare. I got to pick something else. Boo! You go you go ahead. Whoops, I didn't even realize that. All right. Uh I'll I'll throw a wrestling game out. 
WCW, oh, okay. NWO Revenge. Now, no, you were more of a WWF guy, I think, during this time. No, that's on my list, too. Oh, I, Revenge? I, I have to go with Revenge, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's because of the roster. It's Dude, The roster yes. is gigantic, and it's got, like, all the guys. It doesn't have the WWF guys, obviously, there's, so there's no Austin Rock, uh, Mankind, or anything like or Undertaker, or anything like that, but it's got, like, all those, you know, even, like, the jobbers, like, Joe mm-hmm. Gomez is in that game, I think. So it's and there's like all the dudes from uh, what do you call it? All all these like uh, offshoot, yeah. Um, Federate like doesn't isn't there some ECW guys in there too? I know there's an ECW yeah, I think, game. I, but I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. It does a good job, and it's. I remember it being one of those that because the N64 wrestling games that was a weird period where you're controlling like. I can't imagine what it was like to have to come up with those games because it's like, all right, now we're suddenly doing 3D, we're having to control dudes, multiple dudes, <laughs> all these fighting moves. I mean, it just sounds like quite an undertaking at yeah. the time. But I remember that one being one of the ones that felt like it controlled pretty intuitively and I could pick up and play it pretty easily. The other ones I felt like had a bit of a learning curve where it kind of felt like I was walking upside down in a cloud for a bit until I got my footing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Revenge was was one of the ones that I was able to pick up and be like, oh shit, this is yeah, I'm actually not it, getting my ass kicked immediately. Yeah, it it, it took a cue from uh, Street Fighter Two and and from fighting games in general, where it's like, okay, you grapple and then you do a button combo, mm-hmm, yeah, and you execute your move, and it does it in really fluid animations. Um, that were really impressive at the time. I don't know what they did that made everything work so so well but uh, they they had some sort of magic elixir i think it's a aki that uh did uh revenge and rest uh i think they did no mercy too but um yeah i think you're right yeah and just having all the pay-per-views in there i mean all, all it was was just a logo on the mat but that was huge just oh yeah it was huge for like you know if if you wanted to um fantasy book mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you wanted to plan your own pay-per-view like, all right, we're going to have uh, Goldberg be champion. We're going to have him face Kevin Nash. And then on the undercard, we're going to have Luger against Hogan. And <laughs> you can have Sting in some like throwaway match like as a, to open the show or something like that. It was fun. Yeah. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. That, that's also on my list. So we can, that, that's, that's one of mine as well. I'll skip ahead to um, Sin and Punishment. That's a game that did not come out in the US. Oh. Uh, one of the rare games. And they're idiots for not bringing it over, but it is a rail shooter. Again, I, I talked about my love of rail shooters earlier, but this game is awesome. Um, oh, you know what? I, I still have my, just, just to double back real quick on WCW NWO Revenge. That game had blood in it. You could bust a guy open. Oh yeah! Like I'm looking at I'm looking at images of the game. Like I've I've just got like screenshots open, and I see a picture of Hogan, and he's like busted open. I was like, oh, that's right. I was like, oh man, that's so. That was that was a big thing for sure. Like being able to because it was rare. It was like getting a cheat code, like the blood code or something. So yeah, yeah that was a big deal for especially for wrestling fans because it was always a treat when a guy got busted open. That sounds that sounds sick, but <laughs> no, I, I I hear you. But I, by that time, I guess Nintendo had relaxed on the whole, the whole blood ordeal, big time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Sin and Punishment is a rail shooter, and that's it's it's not like a Star Fox style rail shooter where you fly, you know, you you have uh, freedom to just go wherever you want. Basically, it's uh, 
more of a just moving you from set piece to set piece, but still you just shoot at stuff with cool weapons and see cool explosions and fight weird looking bosses. And I love stuff like that. It's developed by treasure. So they're right at home with that formula. So it's, it's a great game. It's, I really enjoyed the heck out of that game. I have heard of this. I have never seen it in motion. I'm looking at it now and like, yeah, I need this in my life. This looks awesome. Yeah. I love games like that. Like the frenetic, crazy, energetic, stuff lots of yeah i don't know i guess i was just raised on too many arnold movies and i just need you know lots of explosions and automatic weapons and crazy energy in my life like that or something i'm basically i'm kind of a low energy guy in general so maybe that's why i like it because i can just kind of i don't know i don't know what the hell i'm talking you're living vicariously living vicariously yeah through treasure made games very good yes uh i'm gonna throw a sports at you nba hang time uh, NBA hang time. All right. Yep. Yep. Not not quite the NBA jam, but uh, Buddy and I played a lot of that. L- big heads on these guys. But what I liked about it, create yourself, put yourself into the NBA jam environment and um, do the whole thing, man. It was great. Big, you know, upgraded, updated teams, get those updated rosters. Good stuff, man. I remember playing a lot of games, but just fucking winning on like the last shot and score being like 123 to 120 on hang time because <laughs> you could just really just just score at will i mean it was great a lot of fun with that did that game have the um the number the, all the different uh secret characters could you could you play as like george w bush and bill clinton and i'm and, uh, sure like mascots it did. and stuff like that i don't remember doing it but i would be surprised oh, okay. yeah i I think we just played as ourselves, like we just to see ourselves in a basketball <laughs> game playing against like Shaq. Or I don't even know if Shaq was in the game, but you know, pl- yeah. playing against the big guys was was good enough. Like and David David Robinson and all those dudes, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was a big appeal for me, though. Was were the codes where sure. you could play as like the Bulls mascot and stuff like that. That was always goofy looking. I always enjoyed that. We basically we didn't know the codes. You just button mash before each round and seeing if you could get some weird power up to happen. Like, you know, like, it was like this weird thing that you could do before each match, and you try to line up all these, like, button combinations, and it would, you're basically entering a code, and you might get lucky, and it'd be, like, some weird thing where, like, everyone is a mascot, or th- there's no shot clock, or something <laughs> random would happen. I remember trying to do that all the time. It was fun. Is it, was Midway still at the helm for those games, I wonder? I'm pretty sure was that's it a Midway a, thing, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there's then, in other words, then, yeah, there's probably... A lot of cheat codes and stuff like that that you can do to for sure yeah. unlock stuff. So that's cool. My next one is probably going to be probably <laughs> Mischief Makers. Um, this is made another game made by Treasure Treasure, as some people say in uh, out in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I say it. Treasure Treasure. No, I don't really. But Mischief Makers is a really weird two D platformer. Um, it's in other words, it's the shake shake game where the voice mm, yes. in the game grabs stuff and yells shake shake every time. But it's really well made. Um, it makes me it, uh, the reason I like that game is because it was what I was kind of expecting when uh, you know people were talking about 3D games, next generation games, jumping from the Super Nintendo to N64. It was stuff like this. Um, 
And that ended up not being the case, and this ended up being the exception rather than the rule, which makes me kind of sad. But Mischief Makers is up there for me, though, in terms of enjoyment, just because it's just a this could be on NES. It could be on Super Nintendo. It could be on, you know, Steam as is. It could be on any given system. It's just well made, a good a good 2D platformer. Nice. Yeah, I, I need to spend more time with it. I think I've fired it up a couple times and been a little bit lost so i need to i need to sit down and focus there's a lot of stuff at the beginning that you got you got to crank through there's a lot of like here's how you do this move here's Mm -hmm. how you do it's really kind of annoying but um it's worth it though it's it's a really enjoyable game right on uh another one for me turok turok yeah i remember uh my childhood friend got this one Sorry, I'm I'm cutting you off. Please, but, yeah. yeah, this childhood my, friend my, of yours. My, my, you know, my childhood friend had Turok. Uh, that yeah, I think he got that for his birthday or something like that, and that was super cool to see. Um, when uh to to see him play that because it was, you know, I was used to Doom, Quake, uh, you know, Hell Beasts and stuff like that. This was a different theme entirely, which I really dug. Yeah, I agree. I I, I liked the. The atmosphere and just everything was kind of you know, bigger than life, like giant insect things and, of course, dinosaurs and all the explosions were big. Like, it was really impressive at the time to experience a lot of that stuff. I think we take some of that for granted now, but, uh, man, at the time, seeing, like, the scale of some of those enemies was not common. Was like, yeah, Whoa. that's a good point. It's it's the the size of the enemies was was pretty intimidating. Yeah, I do remember thinking you just jarred loose a memory for me. Um, I remember uh, my my childhood friend was the was the dude. Uh, his name was Dan. He had the N sixty four, basically. So he was responsible for for a lot of my early exposure to that stuff when it first came out. Um, he I remember he rented Castlevania for N sixty four. Just <laughs> basic bitch castlevania (laughs) and i remember watching him play and we got through like the first what is it the first minute when like the lightning (laughs) strikes and the tree falls and we're both like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever this is so awesome and then after that we're like "Uh, now what what do we do (laughs) where do we go what happens now this this does this game suck are you serious this game sucks it sucks yeah that that game sucks and i was kind of feeling the same vibes with turok um when he started playing that i was like i i remember saying to him like is this going to be another castlevania type situation right yeah because <laughs> that's gonna suck because that turok is another game that gets off to a really good start but thankfully it, it keeps it up yeah it does pretty well my next one uh is probably my favorite n64 game period and it's road rash 64 hell yeah it's it's different than other Road Rash games with the goofy sprites that jolt back and forth awkwardly. This one moves the camera back a bit and moves it up a bit so you can see more of your contemporaries as you kick the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. And it is so much fun. The physics are so stupid and hilarious. The weapons are amazing and fun. Um, I'm not sure I've ever laughed harder than when I've played Road Rash 64. It's like uh, it's very, very much a comfort game for me just because getting a taser and then just tasing someone and then their arms flail out involuntarily and they just kind of convulse cartoonishly and they go, they, 
they go straight into oncoming traffic. That will never not be hilarious to me. Yeah, it's so good. Like, especially, especially, it's just slapstick comedy at its finest. Yeah, it's a comedy generator, and the sound effects help too. I mean, some of the yeah, some of that yeah, stuff when is you, just when, perfect. When you hit a guy, and all the <laughs> it's like kind <laughs> of like a wet smacking noise when you hit him with a bat, and you're like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. I love it's, it. It's seriously some like sounds like somebody like slapping a pound of meat or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got we got some raw chicken here. If you could just like hold the mic up to that while I slap the shit out of this chicken, I don't know. But it's it's it. You're right though. The sound adds a lot. There are a couple sounds of it sounds like somebody slipping on a banana peel like it's it's a it's by far my favorite n64 game i still play it um at least i would say like once a month once every couple months it's just so much fun yeah super goofy uh good choice um rayman 2 i like that yeah ray i i was thinking of adding this so i was going over the list of games and rayman 2 is absolutely worth playing today it's that's a good one yeah yeah that's a solid one i think that's one that's one of the few that took the 3d world exploration that mario set the standard for and expanded on it a lot well it wasn't it wasn't just empty space i think is is one of the big things like there's actual stuff to do there's actual enemies like so many of those 3d platformers were just so empty there's just nothing there but yeah, Rayman 2 is a really good example of uh, 3D platforming done reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Looks really good, sounds really good, fun. Plus it helps to be to have such a forgiving jump in games like that. The fact that you can float a bit mm. uh, really, changer. yeah, that that is like, why didn't other games do that? That really bugs me. But the fact that you can float really makes the platforming much, much easier. So I'm all in favor of... Uh, making the game more accessible to more people by uh, making stuff less of a pain in the ass. Plus, I don't remember when I, I don't, you know, I didn't exactly sink tons of hours into the game. I've never beaten it or anything, but I don't remember the camera being an issue in that game too much. That was always a deal breaker for me with most of those games was just like, why can't you just stay behind me? It, it probably, because it's on the N64, sucks sometimes at least. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got. Oh, I do have one more. Uh, Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. Dude, that's my last one, too. That's, that's your last one? That's I right. figured it would be last. I was, that's why I was saving it last. Yeah, heck yeah. I love so. that game. It's such a surprise for me because I, I didn't know anything about the series. I didn't know what I was getting into. And I just I was just curious. It was a curious plop in the old N64. What's going on with this game? And I laughed a lot because it's wild as shit and yeah, uh it's immensely strange yeah but still somehow intuitive like i don't remember ever being confused about what to do next i would always kind of figure it out but it isn't like uh, i don't know I, I don't know how to explain it it's like intuitive but not at the same time like i was going through the game <laughs> but i had no idea what the story beats were i was just yeah doing yeah stuff. well it's intuitive but it's unpredictable there you go especially yeah. once once you get to the um i love that they kept the spirit of this the goemon series intact with uh the giant goemon thing that you uh control uh the, the mech thing yeah the mecha the mecha goemon i guess yeah. it's called but yeah that that thing shows up in the in the super famicom games too and the, the fact that that shows up in that game is such a 
is so cool. Um, it's like, yeah, this this feels like a natural evolution of... And then you get the first-person shooter segments from that thing, and it just gets better and better. That's, yeah, that, I think that's the best way to put it. Is it just gets better the more you play it. Yeah, and I've never played the uh, Super Nintendo or Super Famicom versions. Would you, would you say those are pretty good? Oh, they're great. Okay. Uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, I would say, is probably a top 30, maybe top 25 Super Nintendo game. It's really good. Um, the other three that didn't get localized are also really good with all sorts of like different characters you can play as and weird game modes. In fact, Legend of the Mystical Ninja is is a crazy game because it was made in 92 by Konami and it has the first level of Gradius in, in the game. Like you can go to the fair and go to the arcade at the fair and then you can plop down some coin and play Gradius for a while. Whoa. And that was mind-blowing shit back in 1992. <laughs> it yeah. was crazy. No doubt. The thing is, though, is the thing that holds that game back is that the password system is like 48 characters long. Ah, that is, That's, I would say, 45 too many. Yeah, the, well, that just makes it a uh, uh, flashcard game, I would say. There just you go. Delegates it to flashcards. Yep. There's also I can't remember what he says, but there's a, a a character. I don't even know if it's a character, but you you can walk into certain places in the Mystical Ninja starring Gomon and then sixty four, and run into this guy that I think he gives you tips on where to go, or maybe he gives you health. I don't remember, but he says something fucking weird every time you come in, and it always made me laugh. I don't remember what it was. Plasma. That's what it was. Plasma. I'm like, why the fuck does he <laughs> yell that? That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah i hated that guy yeah, he drove me insane he is, i was just like oh god it's this joker again yeah and then he would just give you gobbledygook and then eventually he might tell you what you need yeah. to do and you'd be like you oh. needed to decode what what the hell he meant by that what by plasma yeah i don't know <laughs> he got me yeah. it was that was just another thing i was another wrinkle to that game like who the fuck is this guy and why is he screaming plasma at me this makes no sense <laughs> i love this game <laughs> so there you go folks that's uh Seven in sixty-four games, not Nintendo, not well, I Rare. Think it was, I think it was only six for me because uh, Blast Core was actually made by Rare, which I completely forgot. Mm. But um, I and I also had uh, Goemon on my. I'll just say Goemon two. Oh, there you go for, for N sixty-four as as my seventh. So boom, all you completionists out there, list completionists, all you pedantic types, God, can go so blow many. it out your ass. <laughs> the pedantic types are the only folks that listen to uh, or watch our content, you know, so uh, they're out there and you've offended all of them. Thank you, pedantic types. Best of luck to you on that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your views and your comments. It's, uh, I actually do appreciate that. But yeah, thank you for uh, for listening to this, folks. Hopefully uh, you enjoy your N64 celebrations. If you're, I, don't know what, I don't know why I said that. Like people are shooting off fireworks. Yes, twenty five years we've done we've we did it, <laughs> we've done it, we've done it. We yeah, hell yeah. So there you go. So all right, everyone. Well, thanks uh, for listening. That's been another Drunk Friend podcast, and you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail dot com. We'll respond, read them here eventually. We're a little slow about it, but we'll get there. Go to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew. We have Tales of the Lesser Medium, Petey's Power Hour for your beverage-related entertainment, Polykill if you like, well, me and more video game talk, and, of course, IndieQuest for all those under-the-radar titles you might have missed and more. 
Oh, sorry. I was not. Uh, I was reading about Tommy Kirk. Tommy Kirk died. The kid from the tid, the kid from Old Yeller. Sorry about that. You can edit that. Out. <laughs> I was like, whoa, where do I know that? Oh, that's the kid from Old Yeller. Tommy. If you're not interested in sending an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. You can find us on social media on Twitter. I'm at Trav Plays Games. You can find Alex over there at SNES Drunk. Whatever that is. Uh, and as always, the music you heard in the beginning and can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. Shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo, and you can also check out Josh Leslie's new channel mm. where he's eating foods normal people don't eat. That's right. Like, one of, like those really hot chips you buy at store, the One Chip Challenge. And uh, I don't know what else did he do the the, the Mountain Dew thing and uh, this really awful acidic, gross Mountain Dew. I, I, I'm yeah, just, I'm just generalizing at this point. Mountain Dew voodoo, yeah. I think maybe it was voodoo. That's what it was. Yeah, there was another kind of Mountain Dew I saw earlier today that was like rage something, and I'm like, why would anyone? Oh, Josh would totally get that. <laughs> yeah, that's just content. And just, yeah, and I kept right on going. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's Frantic Foods. Check that out. Uh, Frantic Foods. That's right. You'll have to search for it. Not a lot. It's brand new. Twenty subscribers right now. Brand new channel. You're not going to be able. Get on board, people. You're not going to be able to type that into a URL. He's got one of the funky ones. He hasn't uh, hasn't gotten to the custom one yet. So just search Frantic Foods, and uh, you'll see his his pretty face there, full of chips. Um, <laughs> so yeah, be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.